Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll be seeking to answer the age-old question, is God just as sad about natural disasters as we are? Now, if you, I'm sure everyone knows about this at this point, but about a month ago, um, give or take, Hurricane Ian hit the state of Florida, and Apparently, I was just reading about this, Tim. Apparently, this hurricane, I didn't know this, it was the most, or it was the deadliest hurricane since uh, a hurricane that ha- had landfall in 1935. Oh, that's so, pretty bad. So, almost a, you have to go back almost 100 years to find a storm that was at least as deadly um, as Hurricane Ian was. It was a huge deal. And um, now my parents, they actually live in the state of Florida and, uh, they were, they are fine. They, they thankfully were able to go, um, further down South and stay with some family there where the storm wasn't really hitting, but they, they were telling me when they came back that, uh, you know, that, I mean, there is significant damage to a lot of the houses and neighborhoods around them. Um, that it was, it was a, it was a pretty big deal that I think even that some houses were basically just completely gone. Uh, and definitely, I mean, you can go and look at pictures and see just the widespread destruction that happened, uh, in some of these, uh, Florida cities where the hurricane hit the hardest. I mean, I mean, I remember I saw some pictures that, you know, it's basically like a look down a strip of buildings and, and. I mean, basically all the buildings are just, you can tell that they used to be there, but now they're just piles of rubble. Uh, and, and yeah, where I used to, I mean, where I grew up in Florida, it's basically been hit by tornadoes twice at this point. So, (laughs) so you, you managed to get out just in time, I guess. Yeah, we got out and, you know, if we would have lived, you know, where we lived, it would have been destroyed, I think two times now. So, (laughs) wow. And, you know, you know, it's funny because you move from there, uh, from Florida, it's been hit by two hurricanes and then you move to a place that gets hit by tornadoes constantly. Right. I mean, did yeah. it, didn't you almost have your house taken down by one of those tornadoes? It, yeah, we, we did. Um, it was really close to the tornado was really close to our house. It took off some siding and, you know, threw some of our, some of our stuff around, but it, it sounded like it was, um, it destroyed the house, but when we were in there, but it didn't, but yeah, that has to be terrifying. It was, yeah. The kids are a little bit psychologically damaged still from it. <laughs> <laughs> They're psychologically damaged from it. Well, I mean, it was it was weird because we're we're in the we're in the bathroom downstairs, and then all of a sudden, uh, the uh, I think James Spann was telling us that the tornado was coming our way, and you know, just right where we were at, you know. So we're yeah. in the bathroom, then all of a sudden, the sound go uh, the uh, all the power goes off, and the broadcast goes off. Yeah. And then you start hearing the noise, you know, a few seconds later. And then it felt, I mean, it sounded like we could hear the wind inside of the hallway, you know, where we're at. And you hear the house falling apart, but really it was only the siding that was coming off. But it was pretty, it was pretty intense. Yeah, that, that, I'm going to be honest, that sounds, I mean, just totally terrifying. It, it's, <laughs> 
it's pretty amazing uh, to think that there are natural disasters that can basically just, I mean, destroy everything that you own, everything that you, you have, uh, that you have in your life and can even kill you. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had five kids in there in the bathroom with us and it, all yours. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the most unnerving thing about it was the fact that, you know, I had to think, well, who am I going to try to hold on to? You know, I can hold on to I can't reach around them all, <laughs> you know, and not that, you know, not that it would probably help anyways, but you know, I'm too stubborn to, you know, accept the fact that I wouldn't be able to hold on to at least one, but it's just like, I held on to Vivian, our daughter, and I'm like, the rest of you, you're on your own. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so basically all those times that your kids come to you and they, you know, they ask, Hey, if we were all in the, if we were all in the burning building and you could only save one of us, right. you know, you, ha- you basically answered that question. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, I had her mainly and then, you know, just trying to do the best I could, but you know, when push comes to shove, I would have let go and said, sorry guys, you know, <laughs> oh that's really morbid that's that's pretty morbid um hey is what do you do i don't know what you do well i you know i i think uh, putting all the joking aside i think really what what we're highlighting here is the fact that you know as as advanced as we are as a society you know in terms of technology um especially as you sort of you sort of look back throughout history i mean I mean, we ha- we have tools now that they probably couldn't even dream of, you know, a thousand years ago, sure. right? And even even having made all of that sort of technological uh, progress, there are still things, you know, in this world that we basically just, I mean, we don't have any control over, um, you know, in, right. in any sort of like direct sense, right? right. Um, so we can't, you know, when the tornado comes, the be- I mean, the best we can do is, is try and try and build some sort of emergency, you know, shelter uh, to to shield us from it. But the, even that's not a guarantee. Right. right. And and so it, it really should humble us in a certain in a certain uh, way and, and help us realize, like, hey, we're no matter how much progress we've made, you know, there are still things that are more powerful than us. Right. And right. And. So that leads us to, you know, this question, is God just as sad about natural disasters as we are? Um, you know, obviously, there, obviously, there's a lot that we have to talk about with this kind of question, because I think there's a lot of assumptions made by people that aren't aren't right. So right. so we, we sort of it's weird. It's like we think about natural disasters in two different ways. We think about natural disasters that happened in the Bible one way, because normally we're getting some sort of commentary on what's happening behind the scenes with those natural disasters. But then when it comes to natural disasters, like hurricane Ian, for example, or like those tornadoes, you know, that, that come through, uh, that come through Alabama. You know, I mean, year after year after year, uh, we sort of, it seems like even Christians who have all of this, all of this biblical commentary on a lot of different cases where natural disasters affect nations. Um, we still don't think about natural disasters the same way the Israelites would have. Right. Yeah. Well, part of a lot of that is the fact that we call them natural disasters. Okay. So like just calling them that seems to imply that there is this thing, uh, nature, you know, mother nature that is operating independently of God, uh, that maybe, you know, at, at best, God is a deistic kind of God who set the system in motion, set the weather weather patterns in motion, and now they're just kind of operating in a hands-off way yeah. um, along those lines. But then, I mean, that really isn't a biblical view of the way the weather actually works. Uh, there, You know, this idea of natural disasters in general, it's not a very biblical way of even talking about what we're talking about. Um, I know the insurance companies, like uh, some of them still refer to these events as acts of God. Mm-hmm. And we would do better to think about them that way. But because we don't naturally talk about them as acts of God anymore, and we do uh, talk about them in naturalistic kind of categories, it does seem to imply in the minds of many people that these things are just... Uh, you know, glitches in the program or, you know, things that are somehow operating independently of God or, you know, maybe at best he, he, you know, made the weather system at some point, but now it's just doing its own thing. And sometimes it has like hiccups and, you know, 
those hiccups yeah. can be pretty big problems. But yeah, it's not a very big biblical way of talking about it in general. What What's even more interesting is there are a lot of people who who will when they're when they're talking about these sort of like events that are happening in nature, they often refer to you know Mother Nature, right? Right. Uh, right. And and in one sense, they're just talking about um, they're just talking about nature in general, right? And they're per, right. sort of personifying nature. But then I I think what's actually happening there is uh, at least subconsciously, you know, or however you want to put that, like whether they realize this is what they're doing or not. Um, really, what you're doing is you're talking about some sort of god. Right. It's some sort of intelligence. I mean, the nat, you know, the natural world <laughs> is, uh, um, it, you know, it's inescapably governed by some sort of intelligence and you know, there's no way to get away from it. And everyone knows that. So you're either going to talk about that under the lens right. of God's providence, or you're going to talk about that under the lens of you know, some sort of mother, mother nature or something along those lines. Right. So, so it does seem like even, you know, even in our sort of materialistic society that tries to find some sort of um, physical or scientific explanation uh, for all of these for all of these events, we still speak about them at least as if there is some sort of intelligent being who is behind, you know, working behind the scenes, pulling all the strings for this. And now we we as Christians understand that that God is the one who's doing this, or at least we're, we're, we're supposed to understand that. I, I, I find myself questioning more and more if Christians actually think that God has control over the weather. Um, and you know, so I guess, I guess let's start there. You know, does God, does God have control over the weather? Yeah. I mean, the biblical God is, you know, the type of God that, controls everything so everything in the world is upheld by the word of jesus's power so god didn't just he's not a deistic kind of god who just created the world set the system in motion and and functionally is just hands off not really actively involved if if god if jesus were not upholding the world by the word of his power the universe itself would simply unravel so god is a sovereign god and you know as you read through the bible one of the things you find over and over again is that you know god changes times he changes seasons he removes kings he sets kings up he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding uh, i mean you can just think about some pretty big significant stories in the bible that center around you know these acts of god or quote-unquote uh, natural disasters like he god sees the sinfulness of of mankind that every thought uh, an intention of heart of man is only evil continually. So he sends a flood to destroy the earth. Uh, so there's a big example right there of a natural disaster that God used to destroy the earth. But I mean, the, the whole story of Jonah is essentially a story of God's sovereignty where, you know, at every single point, you know, God appoints, um, like he hurls a great tempest on the sea to threaten to break the ship up that mm -hmm. they're in. Right. And then he sends a scorching east wind on the land in order to, you know, beat down upon the head of Jonah. He appoints a plant, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, to give him shade. Then he appoints a worm to kill the plant. Uh, he, you know, appoints a great fish to swallow him up when he's thrown into the sea. He is sovereign over the uh, the roll of the dice at that point. But I mean, there's, there's so many passages that you could think about. Uh, that talk about this thing. Uh, Psalm um, 35, well, 135. Six through seven says, "Whoever, whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes the lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from its storehouses. Uh, you know the biblical God; He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So you know there's just passage after passage that say this kind of thing. Of Amos nine six says, uh, "Who builds his chambers in the heavens and founds his vault upon the earth?" who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. So over and over again, as you read the Bible, you're going to see that God's in control of these things to great detail. It's not just some process that he set in motion that's operating independently of him. He's, he's metic meticulously sovereign over these things. Right. And, and it seems really interesting that, you know, some, I mean, some of those, you know, passages of scripture, or really even whole books are, they're, 
they're really common knowledge, at least in the U.S. and and especially like in our part of the U.S. Yeah, like like the you know Noah's Ark, for example. If, right. if I were to go out in public and just ask 100 people, hey, if do you know like do you know what Noah's Ark is about? Do you know what happened? Probably, I would be willing to bet that at least 90 percent of those people would be able to give me some sort of some sort of um synopsis of what happened it may it might not be perfect but they would they would at least demonstrate some sort of understanding about what happened um you know in that narrative uh and and even in that narrative you have a very specific uh commentary on what's happening god god tells noah hey i'm gonna flood the earth I'm going to flood the earth. That's what God is saying. And so we know that in that example, God is sovereign over like, like the, the earth floods and God is what caused it to flood. Right. Sure. And so, so we have that sort of, we have that sort of commentary there, but then when we, but then, you know, when we look at hurricane Ian, for example, do is the, is the first thing that we think, Hey, this is, this is coming from God. No, you know, I I don't think so. I I don't. I really don't even see many reformed Christians that are that are speaking that way. Honestly, I mean, I I know that some certainly believe that that they are coming from God, but I don't know that I even hear them speaking that way. Right. 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 And, well, I, yeah, it's very rare that I think anyone will go that direction. I mean, the most recent time, I mean, I, I think I've heard Piper go that way a few times, and you know, he typically does is God a sovereign bit. Mm-hmm. When the storms come, um, I can't remember who it was, the uh, pastor who said that New Orleans, the uh, Hurricane Katrina was a judgment of God against um, the wickedness of New Orleans. But that caused some controversy and stir a few years ago. You know, it's been you know a while now since that happened. But mm-hmm. but no, I don't I don't. Most people don't think in those terms anymore. Most most of them are. You know, basically just as uh, naturalistic as the rest of them in terms of how we think about it in terms of our first impulses, how we're processing these things. And right. I, I think anytime you have any kind of I mean, this is true as it relates to sickness, as true as it relates to natural disasters, we we basically just think this is just, you know, if we're going to be thinking in theological categories, we put it in the category of God's, you know, just ordinary providence. And, you know, it's just uh feature of life in a fallen world and period mm-hmm. the end and if if that but then it's just almost kind of blind and purposeless and unintentional you know right. as we think about it yeah and and which really brings me to another question that is why what, so okay we've established god is the one sending every single you know um sort of every single natural disaster right is right. it's not so natural right yeah. and its origin Obviously, there's a way it's to sign. It's not natural. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an act of God, right? Right. Obviously, there's a way to scientifically, you know, explain, like, observe what is happening, but then right. ultimately, who who is the who is the one who is sovereign over it? Well, it's God, right? Um, and well, so but we we think in those terms because God upholds the world in a fairly consistent way. And so because he upholds the world in a fairly consistent way, in a way that can be measurable, we naturally lean on those scientific explanations as if those scientific explanations are what's primary. Right. In the same way that, you know, if I were to give an example of uh, my son, Roman has blue eyes. So he has blue eyes. And, you know, if you were to ask, why does Roman have blue eyes? Then the vast majority of people, even Christians included, would be basically saying he has blue eyes because you know his dad has a recessive blue-eyed gene right mm-hmm. <laughs> and his mom has blue actually you know actually has blue eyes and so she has a dominant and a rec- you know uh, uh she got two recessive genes from someone else right and so from, from both of her sides and got it you know so he's getting a you know a, a gene from her and a recessive gene from me and putting that together and now he has blue eyes so most people are going to think in terms of the genetics of the thing, but then the real answer is, and what's more fundamental and more primary is that God gave him blue eyes, right? Right. Like so, but we think naturally in terms of the scientific explanations as it relates to all of these things, and we don't think about, you know, the supernatural 
origin of these things, you know, that's more fundamental. So, you know, I mean, if you were to ask my, you know, my daughter, why does Roman have blue eyes? She would say, because God gave him blue eyes. And that would be better. You know, I mean, in the substance, I'm not saying it's wrong to go into the genes discussion. It's just more primary. It's more fundamental and it reflects more of a biblical view of the world. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. They're not. Yes. Right. Right. Um, okay. So we've established that, you know, these sort of things, ultimately they're controlled by God. Right. And, and I'm assuming when we're saying, Hey, God is the one sending these things. He's sending hurricanes. He's sending tornadoes. He's sending earthquakes, you know, um, droughts, famine, whatever. I'm assuming when, when we're saying those things, if we're saying he's sovereign over that, then we're saying, hey, he's sovereign. He could he could stop any of them that he wanted to as well, right? Yeah, if he wanted. I mean, he could stop them, but then he's the one sending them. Right. Yeah. So basically, I'm just asking that to say, like, okay, he's he de- he decides when they start and he decides when they stop, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. He could. He. I mean, he he not only. Um, decides to hurl it he decides to hurl you know hurl that great wind just like he did you know in the time of jonah but he's deciding to do that uh, precisely where he wants he's going to go in the precise path that he wants it to go right yeah there's nothing about it that's accidental you know the bible tells us it's going to go in the same path he wants it to go and it's going to go for as long as he wants it to go until he wants it to stop right yeah we we see in the bible over and over again uh uh, it tells us that nature obeys all of his commands, right? Right. And, so as Jesus, you know, Jesus came and he calms the winds and the storm storms, you know, the disciples basically look at each other and say, you know, what what manner of man is this that the winds and the seas even obey him? Yeah, right? so, which has got to be pretty crazy to see in real right. life. You know, you see you see the guy get out on the you know on the boat and he just says, "Hey, cut it out, wind," you know, and, right. and then it just stops all of a sudden. That would be a, that would be just mind blowing. Um, right. um, but okay. So, so God controls when they start, when they stop everything in between, he saw, he's completely sovereign over all of it. Um, so then the question becomes, okay, well, if it's not just, you know, uh, if it's, if hurricanes, for example, aren't just, you know, they're, they're not just natural disasters. They're not just things that just happen when they happen. You know, they're not, they're not a part of a system that perhaps God created, but then, you know, there's a glitch in the system or something. They're, they're actually just God sending something, deciding when to start it and when to stop it. The question then becomes, well, why? Why is he sending, you know, hurricanes, for example? Why is he sending earthquakes? Why is he sending tornadoes? What is the purpose uh, behind these sort of events? Yeah, I mean, it's the point that a man wants to die and after that's judgment. So the creation was subject to futility uh, because of him who subjected it in hope of its deliverance, you know? So like the issue is that God has punished the human race because of our sin. And there's punishment that has taken the form of disappointed unto all of us that want, like want, at some point we're going to die. We don't know the number right. of our days, but God knows the number of days, but it's pointed unto all of us that we're going to die. But then death, pain, suffering, um, Difficulties, trials are all parts of life in a fallen world. Uh, so God cursed the creation. The creation itself has been subjected to futility because of our sin, you know, because of the human race's sin. So one of the things that's happened is that, you know, for, for the woman, that means in pain, you're going to bring forth children, which you had some experience with that, you know, last week. <laughs> Well, I wasn't the one experiencing the pain, but you had you have ears, you could hear it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My my wife, she she gave birth to uh, our second daughter um, last week, so so that was really exciting. Yeah, but but you know, there's obviously there's obviously a lot of suffering. Not even just not even just with the the um, actual birthing part, but even just the the nine months, you know leading up to that there's a lot right. of there's a lot of pain pain, pain and stuff yeah and but then the same thing you know the man's work is cursed because the the, the ground itself uh will be difficult to work and and you know i mean you think about the way that the world actually works i mean before the fall there isn't any such thing as a sunburn 
there's no such thing as, you know, lightning that destroys things and everything like that. So, I mean, we have like storms that are part of life in a fallen world. We have lightning. <laughs> I mean, and lightning, there's very few things that are more terrifying than a lightning bolt uh, oh, striking. Yeah. Right. But then that all tells you something about the power of God, um, the wrath of God, judgment of God. You know, all these things are meant to teach you about God's character, that he's a holy God and that uh, he will not overlook sin. And, you know, like he sent a flood to flood the earth. And then he puts a rainbow in the sky, right? In order to be his sign of his covenant that he'll never again destroy the earth by water again. You know, but like he, uh, but the issue is that, you know, this mm-hmm. is part of life in, in a um, fallen world. These are signs of judgment that God has introduced into creation. These are, um, pun- these are punishments for our fallenness. Okay, so, so their punishments, like in a, I, I guess you're speaking more in like a general sense, right? So just the mere fact that there was ever sin in the world, even one time, uh, uh, part of that, you know, part of that curse that came along with sin was God, you know, basically, basically like, okay, now there's going to be there was there weren't tornadoes before, there weren't earthquakes, there weren't hurricanes there weren't tsunamis um because those type those types of events those are punishments they're meant to destroy they're meant to kill right um and so that wouldn't have had that wouldn't have been and point to god's power i mean they're meant to just like uh, reveal certain things about his character that he's you know just and he's holy and that he uh is um like these are signs of his wrath that are being poured out on the earth right but but the main point is basically just to say, like, hey, it's not they're not necessarily if we're speaking about natural disasters in general, they're not necessarily tied to any one sin, right? I mean, they could be. <laughs> okay, okay. What do you mean? All right. So Jonas Jonas sinned, and God hurled a great wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And that then seems the people, pretty specific. <laughs> the people said, "On whose account, you know, did this evil come to us?" Right. Essentially. So, uh, tell us your name. Tell us your occupation. You know, where you know where are you coming from? Who are your people? And uh, you know, they cast the lots, and the lots fell on Jonah. And it, and I mean, the text itself says he hurled a great storm, right, um, because of Jonah's sin. Right. So. So the issue is, I mean, he could do the same thing. You know, there's no, there's no, I mean, we don't get the divine commentary on it at every point. So we don't know um, on whose account this evil has come. But mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even have to be one person um, either. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, it can be whole nations. Yeah. I mean, it could be whole nations. I mean, it could be selective individuals, you know, it could be a hundred individuals mm-hmm. that he, so, I mean, like the Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So what that means is, you know, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to become formed to the image of his son. Um, God works everything to his glory and to make his people more like him. So he can make his people more like him by sending a storm his way. And if it takes him sending a storm their way to make him more like him, I mean, it could be that you know a thousand people are respond to that storm by becoming more sanctified, mm-hmm. trusting in God more. So, I mean, it, there's no uh, like not only can he send it in general as a general punishment, you know, um, on as a mankind, part of the fallen world, as a part of fallen mankind, but he could also use that specifically in the life of specific people to you know be a specific act of judgment on their specific sin and also be a specific means of sanctification for specific people too i mean i i there's nothing to say that he can't be doing all of that all at once mm-hmm. in multiple different ways <laughs> right I mean, he's like you know who's going to be his counselor his his ways are not our ways his plans are not our plans so there's there's no telling you, you, you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and i you know I think of there's plenty of more examples in the Bible that that we haven't even brought up. So another really really common one is you know the uh, plagues in Egypt, right? Right. So he sends ten plagues. Uh, why? Well, 
pretty much just on the account. I guess you could argue that maybe it was on the account of the account of a few different people, but mainly it's just on the account of Pharaoh, right? He keeps refusing to, um, to let the Israelites go even when God has commanded it. And so they keep getting punished by things that certainly today, if they were to happen, people would, people would probably just say like, Oh, this is just, you know, this is global warming or you know, <laughs> producing some, these frogs. <laughs> yeah. These, these frogs are, are, are a part of global warming. Obviously, you know, anyone who doesn't see that just can't understand these things and you just need to trust the experts. Right. And, and, um, Right, but so, but every single one of them was a hardening, like, like God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? Right. In order to do that, but then he, he did it, uh, the text says, so that he can get glory over Egypt. Right, yeah. Yeah, Romans and, 9 the, talks about that. Right, and then not only, I mean, it wasn't just that the Egyptians saw it, the whole nation, all the nations saw it, and then they their hearts melted away like wax because of, this is the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. So God, right. this God humbled the entire, like the you know, the greatest super, superpower at the, that was alive at that time. And that have ramifications for his people, right? Mm-hmm. And it have ramifications for the nation, Egypt itself, but then for the nations that they were going into dispossess. And the same thing's true here. You know, when Hurricane Ian comes, this is a sign of God's judgment that has, you know, f- uh, broader and further uh, reaching implications than the people involved. Um, even, you know, the, the nation that it happened in, it also has broader, far-reaching implications all across the entire globe, you know, at this point mm-hmm. with the way technology actually works. So God has, I mean, I'm sure he has hundreds of thousands of millions of purposes, <laughs> you know, in, right. in one act to do a great many different things, you know, to reveal his character, reveal his power, reveal his justice, uh, to conform his people to his image, and maybe even be a specific act of judgment against specific individuals who, um, you know, they, it was their, um, he numbered their days and, you know, he's specifically judging them at that point by sending that specific storm to, you know, take away the gift that he, of life he'd given to them. Right. So, uh, okay. If these things, you know, they're a part of this world because we live in a world cursed by sin. Right. But then they also happen um, they also happen, you know, they can happen, uh, in response to, you know, specific, specific people's sin. sin that are, you know, that is, that's a different sort of, uh, it's a similar category, but it's a different category than just saying, Hey, we live in a fallen world. You know, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be death in this life. What did you expect? Those are similar categories, but they're not the same category. Uh, and and basically we're saying, hey, look, the Bible gives us plenty of evidence to say that they can both be true, even in this, you know, I mean, same time at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive categories. So so that seems simple enough. And I just don't even know. You, you just really can't even argue that point. I mean, the Bible over and over again shows us example after example where God is using um, the he's using nature as a as a judgment against uh specific people's sin so so that that seems like you just can't even argue that 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 is what happens even now i guess the question then becomes you you mentioned okay so we get in the bible you know with the 10 plagues with uh no you know uh the flood um sodom and gomorrah is another example uh with all of these with all of these uh, accounts we get we're getting some kind of commentary about what god sure. is is thinking what his purposes are behind the plans and and you also mentioned that you know today obviously the canon's closed no one's no one's prophesying anymore so we're not getting we're not getting that same commentary um from god on hurricane ian as we are with the flood right sure so how do we, when you look at Hurricane Ian, for example, how do we understand what's happening there? I mean, obviously we understand, hey, a hurricane's hit, but then from a spiritual perspective, how do we understand, how are we supposed to look at that? I mean, is it is it right to say, hey, this is for sure a sign of judgment? Um, 
you know, is it right to say, Hey, it's for sure a sign of judgment over a specific people? Um, you know, is it, is it right to say, Hey, it is for sure not a sign of judgment. You know, how are, how are we supposed to look at that? Because I know there, there's plenty of Christians out there who are going to look at hurricane Ian. And, and I think, I think you mentioned it with the hurricane Katrina thing. Uh, now I guess almost, wow. I think it was two Pat decades. Robertson. Yeah. It was Pat Robertson. I think maybe who said that it was because of the homosexuality that was there and maybe even the gambling or something. I can't and, remember. And he got, a, you said he got a lot of pushback for that, right? Yeah. Just, he got a lot of flack on that. Just yeah. for, just for saying that. Right. And so, yep. so obviously it's a scandalous thing to, to even suggest that, uh, a you know, some sort of event like this could, you know, could possibly be judgment on a specific people for specific sin. Um, so, so, how do we how do we look at this from the spiritual angle? Yeah, I mean, I think most people, when they think about these kind of things, they they only have a category for Job and the man born blind, essentially. So okay. with Job, you know, we we also get commentary with Job, but then you know his counselors, his friends, or whatever come and basically they didn't have a category like you know Job is suffering. Yeah, And they thought, well, it must be because of Job's sin that he's suffering in this extreme way in the way that he's suffering. So he must be right. uniquely more sinful than everyone else because of what he's done. And, and the fact is, he's doubling down on it and saying that there's no known sin that he had at that point. And, you know, they in in their mind, that's, you know, basically adding insult to injury. He just admit it, man, so that God doesn't just kill an entire person's family have all of their property robbed and stolen, you know, <laughs> like these, like the, there's a series of, you know, unfortunate events that he had gone through. If there is such a thing as <laughs> uh -huh. unfortunate events. I mean, he just went through, you know, uh, disaster after disaster after disaster. And they're looking at that and they're saying, Hey, come on, you know, what did you do? <laughs> what did you, what did yeah, you do? You obviously did something, which may, I mean, if you under, if you understand like, um, you know, back then, it seemed, as far as I understand, I don't know that this was necessarily always correct, but it, it seems like that was pretty much the only category they really had, right? Like God is sovereign over all these things and he, and he does these things as like a curse, right? Yeah, or, but I, mean, I don't know that, yeah, and I don't know that that impulse is any better than the one we have now. Right, right. Like, yeah. I mean, or, no, what, I, what I'm saying, I don't know the impulse we have now is better than that. I would say that's probably more biblical than where we're at now to, to assume like, Hey, this is probably a, a punishment. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, for most of human history, people thought like in, even in scholarship, you see a big historical event and what you would try to do is you try to interpret it through the lens of God's providence. And mm -hmm. you'd try to interpret God's providence, you know, in that way. And that would be part of a paper that you would write, you know, what would be some of the divine, uh, factors that could factor into this specific event but like we're at a different point in history now where everything is just seen in terms of you know basically uh, a methodological kind of naturalism so we don't even factor in god's sovereignty and god's attributes and character into these kind of things anymore so but what, what i'm trying to say is yeah they at that point they more naturally thought you know if anything bad happened it must be that god's trying to show you something and now we don't think that at all Right. right. Yeah. There's no lessons to be learned in our mind from God's providence whatsoever. In fact, it's inappropriate to ask. And I would say that that's probably a bad, worse state to be in than what they were in. <laughs> it's to say that there's nothing you can learn from this. It's like, what in the world? You know, um, but so so with with and I, I think I agree with you, you know, with that. But then basic basically, it seems like what you have to own then is, you know, you mentioned the man born blind. Right. And the right. Phar the Pharisees were um, doing the same thing Job's counselors were doing. Yeah, they were doing the same thing. They were they were assuming, OK, this man must have done something. He must be uniquely more sinful than we yes. are because he was judged in this way. Right. right. And and Jesus rebuked them for right. that. Right. He rebuked them for that, you know, basically saying it was neither his sin nor his parents sin that caused right. him to be born blind. He was born blind so that God would be glorified in the process. And when I mean, he says something similar to that with the Tower of Siloam incident, where essentially what he says is, you know, on 
Those 18 whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who live in Jerusalem? But then notice what he says to them. He says, no, like they weren't. They weren't worse offenders. Mm -hmm. But then he also says, and this is something that people miss, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm-hmm. Like in other words, they didn't get anything they didn't deserve. <laughs> okay? Right. Yeah. Now you can't. It's not like they were they were sinless. Right. Right. So anytime any of this happens, you can't say God has done you anything wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now what you can't do, like what you can't do in any of these situations, is in any kind of simplistic way say, well, it must be that God, like these people, are worse sinners than anyone else, which is why God would do this. You can't say that. But then on the other hand, you can't say, and this is the opposite error that people are making. You can't say the opposite error, and that is, well, God didn't have anything to do with that, you know? And in taken in its crass form, you have our title question, God's just as sad about this as we are, you know? Right. Wishes he could do something about it, but he can't, you know? Hey, look, his hands are tied, man. What what do you want him to do, you know? I could, so, like, that isn't true either. So, like, the issue is it may be a specific act of judgment on specific people, it may not. You don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, what you should ask is in what way, like if you're a Christian, you should ask in what way will, is this helping me to be conformed to his image? And there may be a lot of different ways that God could be doing that. Uh, but, like, you may not be able to, uh, in the absence of some sort of divinely authoritative explanation, you may never really know, like, with any absolute confidence why any individual thing happened. But that doesn't mean that there aren't lessons to learn from it, and it doesn't mean that it ha- it's just blind, purposeless evil mm-hmm. that's just random. Like, God is doing this intentionally. He has any number of purposes that he may not explain to us in this life or the next that he's using this evil for, this uh, natural evil for, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, so so the issue is you can't know for certain either way. But, you know, what we've done is we've saying, well, just because I can't know confidently, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm Job's counselor, therefore I'm just going to basically say it has nothing to do with any of that. And it's like, no, that's not right. You know, it could. Mm -hmm. There could be a bunch of Jonas in that city. You know, you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I guess basically you're saying, okay, you can't, you can't be the person who says, okay, I see Pat Robertson. I see hurricane Ian coming. I know for sure that this is God's judgment over these specific people for this specific sin. Right. 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 Because then, because then what you're doing is you're speaking for God. Right. Right. Without, without having received any sort of, you know, communication from him about that. Um, uh, which is a big deal if you read through the Old Testament, right. right? If you prophesy wrongly or falsely in the name of the Lord, that's a big deal. Go look up what the punishment for that is. Um, but then on the flip side, it's not oh, – what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I I think you need to be very careful. <laughs> With what? With that kind of thing, right? With so, saying, hey, it, it it's a sign of judgment? We're saying you know why in particular. You okay. need to be. I, I wouldn't say that absolutely. You can never say. I would want to say you need to be very, very careful. So, for right. instance, I mean, if 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 Russia nukes us, right? Right. Why did it happen? Well, because God decided to make them nuke us. Sure. I mean, but like, isn't it related to all the same sex stuff that's ha- uh, same sex marriage stuff that's happening? Isn't isn't it related to the sodomy? Isn't it related to the transgenderism isn't related to the abortion Holocaust, meaning like if America gets overthrown at some point, mm-hmm. like you can, you, you, there are signs of judgment that any society is like, there, there are signs of judgment that any, like God, like nations rise and fall. Yeah. And there are things that God says, right. That he will come in judgment against if a society goes down certain Roads. Does that make sense? What I'm yeah, saying? yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah, are like the prime example. Yeah, or the, yeah or Sodom the and Gomorrah. So, yeah. So you have Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because their evil was because they weren't know. hospitable. <laughs> 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 they were showing um, 
That was sarcasm. Bad hospitality <laughs> to those angelic uh, messengers and all that. But yeah, I mean, so like the the issue is there are signs of like you can look through the Old Testament and you can see what are the things that that uh, the levels of evil, like the the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet complete and all that. So what are the signs of judgment that God um, looks at that that He will say? You know, at this point, once depravity reaches a certain level, I'm going to come into judgment. So let's say America were to be overthrown, you know, from the perspective of history, taking the long view, you could look at that and you say, hey, you know, they rejected God in their thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. They burned in passion for one another, (laughs) men with men committing shameless acts, you know, they dashed their little ones on the rocks, you know, in order to, you know, um, um, appease the god of you know self um self-reliance and materialism right Mm -hmm. so like you can write that story of god's providence at some point right Mm -hmm. right right yeah so if we go under at some point it's like yeah and we're we're all addicted to porn right we're all Mm -hmm. killing all of our babies we're all Mm -hmm. we don't even know we've gotten so evil that we can't even figure out what the difference between a man and a woman is at this point right so yeah we we deserve it and and then if like the finally the you know shoe drops and we're conquered it's like well that's been building for a long time right and it probably had something to do with all that right (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah i mean there's a lot of factors that go into that i mean even just thinking about like what sin does i mean just even just putting aside like the the um god's judgment external externally part i mean there's a lot that go like sin affects you as a person, right? And so when you have leaders that are actively encouraging sinful behavior, I mean, you're going to be affected by that, right? You're going to be, you're going to be scared all the time, right? Um, sure. You know, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to make stupid decisions because you're a sinful person. I mean, I mean, I basically what I'm saying is there is like, like sin, sin makes you stupid. Right, right. Right. So imagine like, a, you know, the drug addict guy who's been in the rock band his whole life and, you know, it's drug, sex, rock and roll, women, you know, prostitutes, all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's all that. It's, it's, you know, and then at the end of his life, he dies of the drug overdose or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, well, was that God's judgment against his sinful lifestyle? Had God haven't had enough of it? Well, yeah, I guess so. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, so what I'm I'm trying to say is like, you know, God, at some point he has enough with it, right? Yeah. And and he's done with it and you can see all the signs and sometimes that's clear and I mean, sometimes it's clearer and, you know, sometimes it's vague and I just think we need to be really careful, right? Right. So, I mean, I I think at some point the historians will tell the story of our demise and they'll know the signs that precipitated it because of the signs that the Bible mentions precipitate the the fall, just like you've done with the Roman empire at this point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you like can you tell can, the, you can look at all the steps and say, okay, like as a Christian, especially you can say, okay, look, they were, you know, they were indulging on in all of these and all of this sexual immorality. They were worshiping false idols, you know, uh, uh, all, all greed, right. Uh, yeah. Deceit. So I, and yeah. so you see all those things and, you, and we can, we can say, I mean, we, we do say these things. We do say, Hey, you know, like God removed them, right? God, yeah, God removed them. And it's no, I mean, I just, I think you have to be very careful, you know, be, be very careful um, and be very modest about what you're saying. And, and, you know, just, put it out there as humbly as you can mm-hmm. as and then i mean i think time has a way of sorting these things out um better than other times does that make sense okay yeah so basically you know like i was trying like i was saying earlier you don't want to be the person who is coming out and who is you know saying like hurricane Ian, for example we'll use that because it was pretty recent you don't want to be the person who comes out and says hurricane Ian was for sure a judgment on either, you know, those cities in Florida, the state of Florida or the U S all as the a voter whole. fraud corruption that happened in the right, last election. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of all of the voter fraud corruption, you can't say that. Right. Because I mean, then, you're, 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 if you're going to say that, then, you know, like that specifically, you know, 
then you need to have um, a lot more evidence and it can be convenient, you know, the sin that you're pointing out. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't photo fraud. I'm saying that that was it. You think that was it, you know? Right. Like, I, like that's a very specific that's thing. That's very specific who, scenario. Who knows the mind of God, you know, and I, right. I, I would be very cautious about that. But I mean, so um, you can't do that. But then at the same time, it's not any it's not any more helpful to be the person who says, Well, no, this is definitely not a has sign of judgment. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's obviously judgment, like natural, you know, the category of natural evil is a category of judgment. It's a cate- It's just, you know, not necessarily so specific and personal judgment at right. times, right? Right. And and so the so probably the you know, the best thing to do with a situation like this when you have a, a massive hurricane come totally i mean uh, destroying lives right and it's ending lives it's destroying the lives that people have built for themselves it's probably it's probably better to look at those things and say you know i know i know that there's a lot of different ways to look at this right so i know that god gives trials to people that are completely independent of their actions right so right. like when you look at job for example um now i i think he he did like at the end of that at the end of the book obviously god rebukes him but um the the point was to say like he's the he's the most righteous man in, in the world up to that point and then he has probably like the he has all of this stuff and then it, it all gets taken away from him in the worst way possible he's experiencing suffering like probably no one else has up to that point and it's it's not it's not because of his sin right it's because god is is demonstrating his power he's demonstrating his authority um so so we know that god gives trials to people and that those trials are meant to perfect our faith right so we know that that happens but then we also know i mean you can just read all of those all of those accounts in the old testament for example or the new testament and see god does actually punish people for sin uh, and and one of the ways he punishes and judges people and nations is by using these sort of natural disasters, right? And so when we well, look think at about the, Jonah, yeah, think about Jonah for instance. Like he, God sends a storm for the sole purpose of getting Jonah's attention, but then it wasn't just that Jonah was the only one affected by it, right? Yeah, like all those mariners were affected by it. But then not only you know, so yeah, it was specifically for Jonah. But everyone else was affected by it. And then, you know, at the end of the narrative, then, you know, essentially um, they're the ones who were offering sacrifices and (laughs) (laughs) vows to God. So God used it for his glory, you know, and for their good, like in that way, too. So it was a a trial for Jonah and it was an act of, you know, specific judgment, if you want to put it that way, for Jonah, but not for them. But then they still, you know, God still used it. He uses any one thing in multiple different ways. And so you don't want to discount it. You don't want to, at the same time, you know, I think, I think what people are very sensitive about is like, if you can see that there's a hurricane coming into a state and it's going down a very specific path, right. Mm -hmm. Then you can't go, well, everyone in that path is uniquely much more wicked than everyone outside of that path. Right. (laughs) It's like, well, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Like, so whoever gets their house well, destroyed. Who can argue with that? Yeah. No, I don't think you want to do that. But then you don't want to say that a few of those people couldn't be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, se- it seems God's like the, time for them to go because seems, their iniquity was complete in his eyes. You know? So, okay. Using that, Jonah, I think that's a helpful example to think about Jonah and the sailors. Right. So God's sending one storm that affects right. multiple people. And for Jonah, it, it is a sign of judgment, right? right? Because he's actively disobeying God. Well, it's all, it's a sign of judgment for them all. It's a sign of judge, like judgment against Jonah's actions in particular. Mm-hmm. But then right. like in, like the rest of them were sinners too. And they, they, like, this is a sign, like a gen, more general sign of judgment that was reminding right. them that of their sinful state in general. Right. 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 But then speaking in, you know, in terms of specific, sin it was jonah's evil on whose account this evil came to the rest of them right and and for the rest of them it's it's more falling into that category of a trial right where well i wouldn't say it wouldn't say it's a trial for them because they're not believers okay 
but it does like bring them. I, I don't know that it necessarily says that they end up becoming believers, but they at least start recognizing God as God. It, yeah, I think it was a, a sign of judgment that God used to so bring them a, to repentance. Yeah, so he, like so he is at least demonstrating his authority, right? right. right. Uh, especially because, you know, I think the reason that they start recognizing him as God is because basically the minute they throw, they throw Jonah overboard, it stops. So yeah, yeah. Right. So, so they're looking that at that and saying, okay, there is a God out there. He, he's revealed himself through creation, right? Romans one tells us, and he's done that specifically to us right now. And so we need to acknowledge him as God. What, you know, so, so perhaps it's not a trial, but it is at least, um, drawing them to him. Yeah, to some means degree. God, yeah, it means God used to get their attention. And so, so would you say probably the most helpful way for Christians to look at this is to say that God, with Hurricane Ian, for example, God is probably using Hurricane Ian as a sign of judgment for, certainly he's using it for a sign, as a sign of judgment over sin in general, but then he's probably also, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, a, like, a likely, uh, it's likely that it's a trial for some that he intends who, pro who might not have any specific sin that he's judging, but he is testing their faith to make them more dependent on him. He's also probably using this sort of event as a judgment over specific people for specific sin that I cannot name because I am not God. Right. Sure. sure. And so we, when we look at these things, we need to understand that, Hey, these are affecting, you know, especially at a scale like hurricane Ian, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people who all lead different lives, uh, who all have their, their specific issues, um, who all have their specific areas where, you know, they are being faithful if they're Christians. Right. And, and there's not like a, a one size fits all answer outside of just the, Hey, he's punishing us for general sin, you know, with the curse that came with sin. Right. Yeah. It's just a category. I think we should all like, we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss. Right. So, right. I mean, you know, you may have a guy uh, who's cheating on his wife or something like that, and God sends a storm and, like, kills the wife, you know, kills his family, mm -hmm. you know, destroys the home. And he's saying, you know, you know, he's weeping and this is because of me, you know. this, And then you have a lot of genius evangelical types who will come along and say, oh, no, it's just God had God's just as sad about this as you. You don't have to feel guilty over it. It's like, no, it's I. You know, this is a judgment on my sin. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it was. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what do you do with that? You say you you, you repent, right? <laughs> right. You know, and if you can't get a specific sin out of your mind and you're associating this calamitous event with this thing, you know, it could very well be that God's using that to get your attention. I'm not going to be the person to come along saying he's not. I'm not going to say he definitely is either, but I, I it's something to consider, right? Right. So, you know, he does bring conviction, you know, <laughs> so that could be the Holy Spirit convicting yeah. you about some specific thing you need to turn from. Yeah. So basically all, you know, what we're saying here is essentially, hey, you do need to have a category that says, okay, you know, when the natural disaster comes, it's coming from God. God's the one sending it. Is there sin in my life? Right. Am that, I Jonah? That, yeah. Yeah, by the mariners, right? right? Like you need to have, you need basically, you should have some sort of thought pro. You know, that needs to be in the thought process somewhere when you're thinking about, like something like Hurricane Ian. You need to ask yourself, hey, is there sin in my life? You know, is there is there sin like in my community, right? That the, that this could be in in reference to. Is there sin in my nation that this could be in reference to? And you know. um, yeah, am I, I like, yeah, you, you think, am I Egypt? Am I Jonah? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Am I Egypt here? <laughs> am I Jonah here? You know, am I Lot living in Sodom and Gomorrah here? Right. Like, wh what, which character am I? And there's a lot of different characters. I can, can be any of them. I could be any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think what we, what <laughs> the vast majority of Christians do is say that the only character you can be is the man born blind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you can be, you can be Jonah. You could be, <laughs> you could be Egypt, you know, you could be Lot, you could be, <laughs> you could be the man born blind, you can be um, Job, you know, 
you could be a lot of different people in this, you know? So yeah, uh, a, a lot. So just, just broaden out your perspective of, uh, of this event and, and that would be helpful. Okay. Last question. Yep. What, what would be more effective at stopping natural disasters, climate change legislation <laughs> or repentance? um (laughs) emphasis on more effective at stopping yeah i mean the climate change stuff isn't going to (laughs) help i mean i i don't know that um um certainly you know natural disasters ramp up at times in the presence of sin but then they are a feature of life in a fallen world so i don't know that if we like repent perfectly as a people or a nation we're going to be completely spared from all of these things in general because God, they are just general. There are general signs of God's judgment too, but you know, I don't think you want to give him reason to turn you into <laughs> Egypt, you know, either. Right. right? Yeah. So, like, for sure. So if you repent, you may not get as many, uh, uh, plagues as Egypt got, you know, and if you harden your heart, you may, you know, so you may get a few more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. I, I think that's a good place. Um, you know, for us to, for us to end on this conversation, I, I'm glad that we, got, we finally got to talk about this one because I, I do think this is sort of a neglected category, um, for a lot of people when it, when it comes to thinking through, uh, hurricanes, thinking through tornadoes, earthquakes, tsunamis, all of these things is, it really seems like people are incredibly closed off to the idea that it could possibly maybe perhaps be, um, uh, among many other things, a punishment sin at the same time and so so hopefully that's given you guys listening a lot to think through and a lot to apply practically as you as you observe more natural disasters more hurricanes tornadoes and whatever because because i've personally seen a lot of people especially people who who lean more on the left side who are claiming that these things are you know they're due to climate change for example and and they're due to this or they're due to that and i i want people to know and we want people to know that there is a spiritual explanation for these sorts of events going on and it, it's not it's not as simple as just saying hey if we if we stop driving as many cars then we won't have as many hurricanes it's not that simple and god's made it plain that it's not that simple um and we don't need to be scandalized when people when people say or even suggest that this could be a punishment for sin. So a lot, of, a lot to think through there for you guys. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully you can sort of wrap your head around what we're saying, because this is, this really is pretty simple. If you, if you read through the Bible fairly and, and you just think about these things like the flood, you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, you think about uh, the, the 10 plagues in Egypt. Um, you, you know, you think about Jesus demonstrating his control over nature, uh, over storms, for example, because because those are the same things that are happening now. Right. Not necessarily frogs coming or or um, locusts, but, you know, certainly that happens throughout different portions of the world. And it's the, the, the same mechanisms are in place from a spiritual view. It's not like it's it's not like hurricanes now have a different reason for coming just because they're not in the bible the hurricane ian isn't in the bible so we can definitely write it off as as not punishment for sin because we're not getting commentary on it like those other uh, accounts throughout scripture um it hasn't changed it's the same it's the same reasons god um he's told us how how those prior events work and then we can take those prior events and say hey Let's apply that to the things that are happening now, which is what we do with every other. I mean, that's what you do with every other, you know, topic that you stu- you study in scripture. You look at how it applied to them. You look at the commands they're given, and then you ask yourself, how can I apply this to myself in my own life now here in the 21st century? So a lot to think through there for you guys. Again, we, we thank you for all the support that you give us week in and week out and, and letting us just Uh, come on here and talk about these different things and help equip you guys. So hopefully it's been helpful for you guys and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed 
and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.